Hey, podcast listeners, before we get started, if the IRS is freaking you out right now and you want to do something about it, you can call me at 833-243-5455 and set up a free 30-minute consultation or log on to watkinspodcast.com. I've got a short letter on that No Frills page. It'll take you about 90 seconds to read. And if you like what I'm saying, you might want to consider becoming a client. And if not, hey, no big deal. Keep listening and subscribe to this podcast so you can keep hearing the free content on how you can fix your tax problem today. So if you owe the IRS, you may have noticed that they have been pretty active lately filing a bunch of liens. And this is the IRS's way of letting the world know that you have a tax problem. These liens are also pretty nasty if you're trying to sell your home or refi to a lower interest rate. It's a pretty extreme measure at the IRS, and it means they want all the money that you owe them, and they want it right now. But there are a few things you can do to get these things lifted short of paying everything that you owe right now. For example, if you owe less than $25,000, a tax professional may be able to get these lifted in about 90 days. If you owe more than $25,000, there are things like the IRS's Offer and Compromise Settlement Program that gets them off once they accept that. Now, we've helped thousands of taxpayers in an IRS mess, so we can probably help you out here too. We can help you out in all 50 states. So if you have a tax problem, I again encourage you to call me at 833-243-5455 or log on to watkinspodcast.com and set up a time there to talk to one of our tax experts about getting some help today. Now, back to your podcast. IRS problems are scary, but they don't have to be. Travis Watkins has been helping troubled taxpayers with customized plans to negotiate with the IRS and stop immediate threats to their livelihood so they can get a good night's sleep again since 1999. Now, here's Travis. Good morning, everyone. I just got out of a morning meeting with my team. We have these meetings every day in the morning. I have all my attorneys present and uh, some folks from our uh, outreach and marketing department as well. And we had a really, really great uh, meeting this morning. And I actually had it uh, on video, but unfortunately the audio didn't capture. I was going to uh, strip the audio from that and use it for uh, our podcast, which uh, comes out every week. And uh, highly encourage you, if you have uh, tax issues or you're interested in this type of thing with IRS resolution, that you uh, sign on and subscribe to that podcast. Uh, you can get it on all um, all the major podcast. Uh, platforms like Stitcher and iTunes, things like that. And uh, I kind of struggled with uh, whether or not I was going to actually, uh, you know, put that on the podcast anyway, because it, we, we actually said a few uh, client names in that deal, which we would have had to edit out to protect the innocent. So this works out uh, just as well anyway. But uh, nonetheless, I wanted to share this with you because it's uh, it, it really tells a lot about what's going on at the IRS right now in the way of offers and compromise. 
and uh, their acceptance rates there. And so uh, let's let me uh, kind of show you what what we have going here. I'm going to share my uh, screen with you, and hopefully this works. There we go. Um, I didn't have this particular stat for my team. Um, pulled this off the uh, the interwebs uh, from a, a site called supermoney.com. They have compiled some data here from IRS um, publications that come out every year and um, they're pretty interesting. They, they, uh, they're presented to Congress every year from the Taxpayer Advocate Service, and uh, that used to be Nina Olson. She was a, a really good advocate for taxpayers and identifying issues at the IRS. She was an IRS employee, but nonetheless, she worked at the uh, Taxpayer Advocate Service, uh, which is kind of like the public defender's office, I guess. So, in other words, she's still a part of the IRS, but uh, but really works more on the taxpayer side of things because the IRS is this anomaly. They are in charge of, of course, collecting money and uh, administering the tax code, but also being fair with with the taxpayer, which oftentimes, you know, <laughs> those two duties kind of. Uh, work against each other. But Miss Olson uh, retired back in July of last year and presented her final report to Congress in about uh, July of 2019. And I think that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. But nonetheless, uh, that, that's, that's where this is, uh, that's where this is going. This graph is iris collection yield uh, 2010 through 2018. And as you see here, uh, it, it just has continued really to, to go up and up every single year, um, which is, is interesting because uh, the IRS, as you may recall, somewhere around in here, 2012, 2013, um, I believe that was the right dates, the IRS got a little bit of trouble for um, monkeying around with the political uh, process, the Tea Party uh, catastrophe there where they were uh, basically used as a weapon against some conservative groups, that started some real fallout and some major distrust like they had a lot anyway with the IRS. But uh, it's, it's interesting there because, you know, Congress's response to all this when, when that started to occur when when the the Tea Party scandal broke was to start uh, gradually and even more so now with the uh, Trump administration started taking away the budget of the IRS, including the uh, collection arm of the IRS, and so. Um, what was happening behind the scenes is you're getting a lot of attrition, a lot of people retiring early <laughs> that had, you know, knowledge and, and experience and know-how at the IRS. But it's interesting here. I don't have that particular graph on on the actual budget being reduced, but the collection yield here is is actually going up and up and up as they uh, get less and less and less 
uh, budget money to administer the tax code and to collect money. So I thought that was that was uh, kind of an interesting thing. Um, but what I brought to my my team this morning was was this graph here, which is uh, offer and compromise filings. There's there's several here that are of uh, would be of great interest to you if you have a tax issue. Um, you see it, it peaked somewhere around in 2013. Uh, the number of offer and compromise, that is the IRS settlement program, uh, offers filed peaked over 70,000 filings in 2013. And then um, that stayed relatively constant. It's actually gone down since 2013. Um, yet the um, acceptance rate has, has remained fairly fairly constant there at about uh, you know anywhere from 24 25,000 up to 30,000 actually getting accepted uh, the next one whoops went a little too far there uh, the next one is offers and compromise uh, accepted as a, as a as a graph there that um, shows that acceptance rates are, are really pretty steady here also at about um, the 40% level in 2016, it actually went up a little bit. It's still hovering in the you know 41, 42 percentile as of 2018. In other words, 42-ish percent of the offers getting uh, accepted that are filed at the IRS. Now, 2018 is the most recent uh, numbers that we have on this. The IRS reporting mechanisms are always behind sometimes way behind uh, to, to give to the public so this this is as fresh as it gets and um, you know you may be saying one of the things that, that we brought up in the meeting uh, taxpayers may be saying well you know 40 percent don't sound that great but when you're talking about IRS things 40 uh, percent is a pretty good number <laughs> uh, when it comes to acceptance really of anything with the IRS at least on the first go around without having to appeal it. Certainly better than uh, where it was in the basement back in about 2009. You're looking at about 20, 21% acceptance rate back in the day. So things climbing, uh, leveling off, staying the same at pretty good acceptance rate percentages. But this next graph is, is the real uh, tell-all and, and what really uh, hit me and, and the reason for our meeting today uh, is the tax debt accepted in compromise 2007 through 2018 um, in dollars actually uh, saved in the offer and compromise process and uh, you'll see it here from 2014 just a stair step up and up and up in in dollars um, to where it's it's peaking right now at over 240 million dollars so uh, I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, uh, because we certainly have the, the the numbers to prove it here, is that there really has never been a better time to file an offer and compromise in the history of offers and compromise. Um, this one goes back to 2007. It's a relatively new beast uh, as things go at the IRS. I think it started uh, in, in the late 80s or early 90s. When they started doing offers and compromise, 
so, you know, actual filings, uh, not, you know, not out of this world, but money saved, definitely out of this world. Hey, podcast, quick interruption here. Have you been up at 2 a.m. worrying about your IRS problem again lately? You know, IRS problems have a way of ruining all aspects of your life. They take a toll on you financially, physically, and emotionally. You can never really forget about them as they come back every morning when you wake up. It's time to call Travis Watkins Tax Resolution and Accounting Firm right now and start sleeping again tonight. Travis Watkins Tax will talk to the IRS for you and help you get the best deal available for your unique situation with the IRS with programs like the Fresh Start Initiative and the IRS's Offer and Compromise. Call me at 833-243-5455 and set up a free 30-minute consultation or log on to watkinspodcast.com. I've got a short letter on that No Frills page. It'll take you about 90 seconds to read. And if you like what I'm saying, you might want to consider becoming a client. And if not, no big deal. Just keep listening and subscribe to this podcast so you can keep hearing the free content that we offer on how you can fix your tax problem today. Now, if you call us in the next 30 minutes, we'll also send you our free confidential insider report, How to End IRS Problems Forever. That number again is 833-243-5455 or log on to watkinspodcast.com. Now, back to your podcast. Uh, what it's telling us is that the IRS, you know, maybe quietly, secretly, is trying to um, settle these debts, you know, really in record numbers. The, uh, the compliance numbers, in other words, the, the people that are actually, uh, you know, f- filing their taxes and paying them is pretty high. The reason for that, I'm not completely certain because the, the budget is going down at the IRS. There are less revenue officers, there are less collection people, there are less processing people for tax returns. Um, you'll, you'll see that if you ever have to call the IRS, you'll be on hold forever. Uh, but nonetheless, that phenomenon of, of less people is actually collecting more for the IRS. Now, there is also uh, the fact that a couple of years ago, it's been about 18 months or two years, the IRS was forced by Congress to start using private collection companies again, and those folks are are uh, pretty vicious. They get a 25% cut of whatever they collect. They are uh, somewhat confined by having to follow the uh, Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. That's uh, some legislation that that tells debt collectors, you know, when they can call and what they can say, and and um, you know, it, it's meant to protect consumers uh, through consumer law, but um, they they are not really tasked with the exact same you know interests and things to look out for the taxpayer like the IRS is is supposed to do. So that may have contributed also to some of the numbers going up, actual people actually paying their their taxes. But uh, what it tells me uh, is, again, these numbers are saying 
there's no reason to not file an offer and compromise if you have some form of tax problem uh, with the IRS. And uh, what that looks like is you uh, fill out a form 656. You're, if you have a tax representative like my firm, we would fill, fill that out for you. You have to be in, in filing compliance um, at that time or close to it. And um, you file uh, an offer and compromise. There's a few months that go by there uh, where it's just kind of floating in the abyss. Uh, in other words, nothing is, is happening. You're expected to, of course, pay any quarterly payments that you're supposed to be paying. You're supposed to be filing your returns as they, be, as they come due. But um, at some point there, um, the IRS will pick it up, and if there's anything missing from the, from the uh, offer and compromise packet, they'll send your representative a, uh, a letter or some type of communication that says we're missing X, Y, and Z on this. You need to provide us uh, these financials so that we can continue on. You need to file these returns if they're missing, and they give you a little bit of time to do that as well. And, um, it, you know, it stops collection once you file this offer and compromise. So uh, what I'm telling my team, what, what we're seeing here is there's just no reason not to file an offer and compromise virtually in uh, every case. It's what you as taxpayers that may owe the IRS want. It's, uh, it's the first question uh, really that, that everybody has when they come to see us is, you know, how much can, can I save? And regardless of uh, whether or not you can save some money in this process, what it's doing is it's, um, it's first of all, putting the IRS in a holding pattern so they can't levy, uh, they can't do active collections really while the uh, offer and compromise is pending. And um, it's got a really good chance of being accepted as we've seen from those, those numbers. And even if it is not accepted, you have a couple of different routes here. Um, you have the appeal process that you can, of course, go to. Uh, sometimes they, the IRS has been known to play some games in that process. In other words, if, if they find some deficiency in uh, either tax filing compliance or if you don't provide them some documentation in the process, they can return as opposed to uh, reject your offer and compromise. So, um, you know, that would prevent you from doing an appeal. So they, they play that little game sometimes. But most importantly, what we talked extensively about this morning was the Internal Revenue Manual, the Bible for IRS collections, requires an offer and compromise examiner to, upon denial of a um, of an offer and compromise, to reach out to the uh, to the taxpayer or his or her representative, and explore what they call collection alternatives. In other words, things other than offer and compromise, short of all-out collections, things such as um, partial pay installment agreements, uh, complex installment agreements, uh, possible penalty abatements there, um, 
what I'm saying here is that even if they reject your offer and compromise, you still have some very viable options. There's something still out there for you if you don't get the offer and compromise accepted. Higher acceptance rates, but even still, um, you, you still have options if there is uh, any type of rejection there. And sometimes there's still some more give and take that can be done in that process before they you know, finally uh, issue a denial on it. Now, some offer examiners, depending on this, this was happening a lot when, as you saw in that graph, when there was a lot of offers being filed, um, they, I call them paper airplane denials. They just, they just send the letter out and they don't contact anybody. They just say denied, sorry about your bad luck. You know, you can go to appeals if you want to. That's not the right way to do things. Under the Internal Revenue Manual, they must explore those collection alternatives with you, such as uh, partial pay installment agreement, which works virtually the same way as an offer and compromise. I won't get, get you bogged down in all that, uh, but certainly some type of, a, of an installment agreement, usually coupled with uh, penalty forgiveness in that process to get the IRS uh, finally off of your back. All right. So um, to kind of wrap this this thing all up, and I, we also there were some good stories in there too. I, I really wish we would have gotten this um, recorded because uh, we had some really solid examples of things that the IRS ended up doing in the um, when when they did things right upon denial of an offer and compromise. Um, I had one lady who owed a boatload of money to the IRS and she had a lot of equity in her home. Uh, she was aging. Um, she was in her, I believe she was in her 70s. So, you know, not a whole lot of opportunity there. Her, her income was, of course, going down. And, uh, but she still had a lot of equity in her home, as a lot of uh, people do. And um, the IRS just said, okay, well, you know, we're not giving her an offer of compromise because of the equity substantial in her home. She can't access it. It is her personal residence without selling the home, which we think would be, you know, unfair for someone of that age. And, uh, the income's going down, so uh, you get the, they put her immediately into currently not collectible status, uh, which is like a safe harbor with um, with the IRS and uh, operates for at least two years to keep them off of your off of your back. And uh, the statute of limitations continues to run on it, which it will for that uh, client in. You know the the debt at the end of that statute of limitations just is going to go away. So those are examples of things like uh, that that can happen. Um, one of our attorneys, Darren, he had a story about someone who had their offer and compromise rejected um, in that in the process here, and in the process of kind of exploring the collection alternative, like they're required to do when they do that under the Internal Revenue Manual. They ended up, uh, the, the offer examiner threw out there um, the, 
the fact that they would accept a partial pay installment agreement, something that does virtually the same thing just under a mechanism other than the offer and compromise. And so, you know, clients pleased as punch about that issue. They don't have to, uh, they, they didn't get their offer and compromise, but they got something really arguably better uh, upon denial. So all this is to say that uh, we, we see these numbers and, and we see these trends. We keep our eye on these types of things and uh, there really has never been a better time in the history of the offer and compromise to uh, get one accepted um, to save you money, sometimes save you substantial money. Um, in in that process. So we're going to file more offers and compromise and we're going to do it early and often uh, for you to uh, to get you out of this thing, get you a better night's sleep again, all right? Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll chat later.